With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me for another edition of the Bob Sullivan Show. Today I have on with me Ernest EJ Christian. How you doing today, EJ? What's going on, Bob? Not a whole lot. Just, uh, just enjoying some pretty nice weather. 40, 50 degree weather in Omaha and uh, trying, you know, noticing throughout the Super The thing I notice about the Super Bowl is Uh it sees out all the worst talent on ESPN possible, especially (laughs) the female. Um, They have like the worst talent. Josina Anderson is terrible. Carrie Champion's (laughs) god awful. You know, it's really pretty bad what they got rolling <laughs> off there. It's funny. I had a discussion with somebody last night, um, and they they asked me, well, you, you love ESPN. I go, not really. I'm not the biggest ESPN fan in the world. Um, I mean, maybe a couple guys. Obviously, Leverett's my favorite. Uh, Money Jones, of course. Uh, maybe maybe Wobon here there. But, you know, I, prefer, I actually prefer CBS Sports Network or uh, Fox Sports 1. Um, I think they have what they're mm-hmm. doing. I think, I think I think their personality is a lot more genuine, if you will. Um, it's just some staged, uh, and I, you know, I, I just feel like that what they're doing is uh, a lot more. You know, it's a lot more real. Um, I would say this about ESPN though. I think ESPN radio's uh, um, section is better. I think the radio side is better than their TV side. Like I think what they do on radio um, and and their podcast or not. Um, uh, I, think, I think what they're doing is pretty good, but I think the TV stuff is, is lacking. In my opinion, it's not what I, for me, I mean, I'm sure the mainstream eats it up, you know, because it's too much made for them. It's Disney, the whole nine. I, I, I just don't, I don't subscribe to the TV stuff much. Um, I'm like two or three shows. Um, but the radio side, I love the radio side, though. The radio side is very strong. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, radio, I mean, cow, cowherds, with, you know, not everybody's a fan of him. Coward's good. Coward's good. Yeah, Coward's good. I mean, Coward's good. Uh, uh, I guess I'm my favorite. Um, SCP Rousseau is pretty good. You know, I mean, they're they're solid. Um, I love I love the I, lo- I love the the guys who aren't necessarily the main. Like Freddie Coleman's good. I, I love Freddie Coleman's show at that night time. Um, George Sedano and and Stink. I mean, Sedano used to be in the Miami market, so I, I'm familiar with him for for years of being here in Miami, and he's great. Um. So there's a lot of talent there, but a lot, a lot of those young talented guys that are on that roster aren't being exposed enough, in my opinion. Um, and it's funny, like you know, because you know, first take is like, it's a bad rap. Um, well, it does, it deserves obviously for a lot of reasons, um, said and unsaid. Um, I actually, I, I don't watch it anymore. I, I don't, I, I don't, I refuse to watch first take. The only time I watch first take, honestly, is when Skip and Steven are not on the show. Like yeah. if, if, if like yeah, two guys on there with with Sedano or Ruko, whatever, I watch it. With old Freddie Coleman, I watch it because I feel like there's a lot more intelligent banter there as opposed to like 
Stephen A. screaming all the time. And I, and I love Stephen A. Smith, though, but I like Stephen A. Smith by himself. I don't like Stephen A. Smith with somebody else. You know, let's get Bill, for that matter. And it, to me, it got, it got stale two, three years ago. Well, I'm, you know, as, you know, watching, you know, it's like first take, it's god-awful. Um, yeah, I don't think we're breaking, it, breaking any news there. But as far as, you know, I, I the way I look at it is, like, the NBA, the NBA crews that they, they have, like, I'm not a, a lot of people like Jalen Rose. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I just, oh, you, you, he's wow. okay. I, I, I like Jalen Rose. I, I, think, I, I, you know, I like this crew this year. Um, I, I, Sage, I Sage Steele is not no, – Sage Steele is no – Oh, right. That, that's the one I'm not really a big fan of. I, I, Sage Steele is, to me is whatever. Look, I know a lot of us like, want, want what, what they do. They want to be like inside the NBA. That's not going to happen. TNT and what they do with Barkley and Shaq and, and Kenny, that's a whole different cloth there of – of talent and, and personalities. I mean, they're, they're real. What, what they do there no. is, is real. They're, they're, they're themselves. Um, um, I, I don't mind this crew. I, I, I like Doug Collins. I think Doug Collins is very informative. I think he's, he's good what he does. I don't mind Bill Simmons. I think Bill Simmons was great. I thought he was good. I, I, I just thought the mix they had, though, was just not – it wasn't good for the strength. It wasn't – I felt like there was too much too much inconsistency there. I, I, you know, Simmons is good. He's a little, he's a little bit of an antagonizer, but he knows his stuff. You know, so you, you can't really knock that. Um, I I would prefer, you know, I, to be honest, I, I think Doris Burke is better as a host than than Steele personally. Doris Burke is great. I 100 agree. Well, they need to bring in Cassie Hubbard as the. Uh, um, Doris Burke. And Doris Burke is a lot more. They need to bring in the game. game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They need. What I what I thought they should have done because they they they, they shake up that lineup like three times in the last three years. I thought. Mm. I thought the best ESPN has done on the NBA side, you know, years ago, like ten years ago, was when Stephen A. was involved with that. That's that Stephen A.'s strength is NBA basketball. I, I wish he would be more involved in the NBA side a more often. I, I think when he was the table was great. I, I just think he mixed Stephen A. with 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 his strengths and with the right cast of characters. You know, I think it would work out great. Um, and I, I thought that would have worked out great in my opinion. But I, you know, this crew this year isn't that bad. Um, I mean, I'm not a big Steve Steele fan. I'm, I'm not, I don't hate her. I, mean, I just don't, you know, she's, she's just there. Um, I like to see more Doris Burke, personally. I think she's she's been close to the table. Um, she's very informed. She knows the game very well. She played. I expect to play basketball growing up. And, you know, she, she's great on the sidelines. She's great. I like to see more of her on, 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 the, uh, on the front end of, the, of that show. I, I agree. She's, uh, well, and she might be the best color commentator. Uh, when they do, she, pass, she, she, she's, up there. she's up there. Um, she's up there. Well, onto this, onto the Super Bowl before we, we before we spend the whole forty-five minutes talking about ESPN, uh, wasting our time with that. <laughs> uh, looking at with the Super Bowl, I after what happened last year, the. Uh, you know, just the train wreck that happened with the Broncos last year. I'm yeah. not worried that that's going to happen this year. I'm more so just kind of disinterested because of what happened last last year in the Super Bowl. I know it's, you know, it's not the Broncos aren't back, but I'm not really all that juiced up for the Super Bowl, are you? 
I am actually. I love I love this matchup. Um, now, Bob, I think what, what it is you're suffering from you're suffering from a situation of somebody who's gotten so used to having great games in the Super Bowl. I, I was raised in the era when I got into football, blowouts were the norm. You know, outside maybe the Giants Bills, the first Super Bowl or second Super Bowl I watched, every Super Bowl I watched preceding that and after that were all blowouts. Um, yeah. So, you know, basically, you can argue, you can, for me, you can argue the title game from pretty much bigger than the Super Bowl itself. I mean, um, but we've, we've had a great run of Super Bowls in the last 10 years. Um, actually, longer than that, but probably day back to the first paper Super Bowl back in 2001. Uh, we, we had a good run of, uh, of really competitive Super Bowls that come off the wire. So last year, obviously, you know, what we got, I mean, no one saw that coming, obviously, but well, last year, I mean, I think we were all just stunned at how one-sided it was, you know, especially considering how, how powerful Denver was, you know, coming to that game and, and their, on their offense and all that. You know, greatest offense of all time, most points scored ever. And Seattle just, I mean, just suffocated them from start to finish. I mean, that that, that was something I, I don't think anybody really uh, um, saw coming, especially the fact that Denver was a two-point favorite in that, in that game, too. Anyway, so it was definitely uh, shocking. Um, but I, I, I don't see that being this this year with the Patriots. The Patriots don't get blown out hardly <laughs> as it is in any of their games. I mean, very rarely you may get, you may get a pass get beat down. I mean, all their Super Bowls are competitive. So, um, I don't see that happening, um, and I think I, I think on paper going into this game, this should be the most even matchup ever that I've seen in terms of, of Super Bowl matchups. This is the most even of the uh, of all I've seen. As far as well, before we get back to this Super Bowl, I was just thinking about this. What do you think the mo- the Super Bowl that we should have gotten that we didn't get? Uh, like, what, what was the one matchup you were forward to that we didn't get in the last uh, 20 years? Whoa. I mean, the, you can go, I got mine. You could pick, any, pick anything, really, honestly, because um, and it's rare. What we got last this year and last is rare, too, in recent memory, because it's rare we get two number one seeds now making it through the, through the playoffs and representing the conference. So, you know, by virtue of the record, the virtue of, of the matchups, they got it right this year again, like last year in terms of the matchups. Um, in terms of uh, that's that's a tough one really because you got to really think about think about the teams that did so well in, in in a specific season and then fell apart late in the year. Um, who was yours? Mine's Vikings Broncos in '98. Yeah, I feel like we got one. Really like, one. Gary Anderson cheated us. Of a, uh, yeah, that Vikings team was what, like fifteen and one or something. Yeah, and always won. And then you just blew out the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons were good that year, but they were not. They were not the Vikings that year. And you know, everybody going in that playoffs wanted Vikings. Uh, Vikings Broncos. Yeah, I I I I remember. I was, I was 18 um when that game happened. Um Yeah, we all thought Minnesota would actually you know, actually not let's go but win. Um that team was powerful. I mean, offensively anyway, 15 and 1, you know, Cunningham's MVP season. Um you know, Randy Moss's uh, breakout party. Chris Carter was still really good. Robert Smith was great. I mean, that team probably should have won the Super Bowl that year. I mean, but like I said, this is why the NFL is what it is. Like it's a you know, one Anything, anything's a chance to win it, man. It, 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 that's how it comes down. 
Yeah. I remember where I was when I heard that the Vikings lost to the Falcons. Cause, yeah, I was in Civic Auditorium here in Omaha, Creighton Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and I was like, and they they announced that the Falcons had won. I was like, what the hell? How the hell did they beat the Vikings? <laughs> the Vikings are just a juggernaut. Like, yeah, Cunningham is was... uh, rejuvenated and whatnot, but... And don't get me wrong, Atlanta was good. At, Atlanta was thirteen three a year, so they did. They did. They, they had their own success that year too. But Minnesota was just far better than anybody else that season. I mean, but like I said, this is why you play the game. This is why you play the game. Yeah. Yeah, and seeing the Dirty Bird get shellacked in the Super Bowl, that wasn't. That I wasn't opposed to yeah. that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. They this got year. Never. Yeah. This year is weird with, uh, you know. I'm not going to put any money on the game. Obviously, you're not either, but how no. difficult to be this gamblers with uh, huge problems like putting prop bets on who's going to score the first touchdown, especially with guys like Belichick and Pete Carroll, who, I mean, Carroll in the, their last game, yeah, uh, their punter throwing the first touchdown. And then with Belichick, you never know when he's going to throw in like a left tackle to throw it at tight end or something like that. How yeah. difficult do you think this is gamblers this game with these two coaches? Um, it's, it's really hard because, like, one prop bet I saw, I think, two days ago that really intrigued me was uh, which team is most likely to score 30-plus points. Um, and I think that if you're going to pick between the two teams that would do that, that would be New England, I think, in my opinion. Because I think if uh, – I, I, I don't think it will happen, but if if Seattle poops the bed again like Nicholas Green Bay in the first half and Russell Wilson throwing interceptions of the yin yang, you know, the pass won't the pass do not make a mistake. So that was a problem that I saw. Um I, I don't see it happening though. I don't see that being a, you know, a narrative that plays out. Um but there's a, there's a couple of problems I saw that really intrigued me though. Yeah, I uh I enjoy the prop bets uh, more so than I actually will bet on them. But, yeah, it's always interesting to to see, uh, like, the odds that they'll put on. You know, just, uh, they tease them with, like, Gronkowski being, you know, the favorite, which I mean, I understand why. Yeah. But when you look at, you know, like, the Patriots had, like, what was his name, who had four touchdowns against the uh the Colts earlier this year. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. always have some weird running back. I mean, with the Patriots, I would just have everybody at the same odds, not uh, not anything different, cause just just the way they. Uh, yeah, uh, that's but why I would. The thing is, though, Seattle's a different monster. Like, I mean, you could have sold mm-hmm. me on that if Green Bay was in this game, but Seattle's a different monster. I mean, defensively speaking, they can keep that team in the game. The thing is, though. You know what I'm what I'm what I'm worried about is Seattle more so. Are we and granted, what we saw with Green Bay in the NFC title game was an anomaly of Russell Wilson. That doesn't happen normally. So it's that you know people start saying, oh well, you know Russell Wilson was something. Yeah, but what he did, what, he, what happened on two weeks ago is not normal for him. That does not happen. Okay. The problem is though is that if that happens, who's more likely to do that of the two teams? Probably Seattle. And the thing is, if Seattle does that again. This is not Green Bay. New England will will make will keep the answer it. So margin of error zero zero for the uh, for the Seahawks this week. Uh, one thing with 
the Seahawks, you know, their defense is, you know, yeah, it's one of the better ones that, you know, we've seen. Yeah, it's on par with the uh, Steelers, the Ravens, and whatnot over the last 10 years. But I don't I don't hate their defense. I, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with them. It's like they're all pretty intelligent guys. They're not dirty. Um, and, you know, like there's not, there's not a James Harrison or somebody like that uppercutting people on every play or something like that. Yeah. It seems like, you know, it's surprising that you can have a defense. Well, I guess you have to if you don't want people suspended. But they play within the rules. It, it doesn't seem like they're never dirty. And it's very unhateable no. defense. Really weird. It's really hard. And, and one thing more impressive about the defense, too, is that the, what they're doing now is this era of football where the rules, I mean, by landslide, favors the offense. So you can't touch with if you, if you breathe one of the quarterbacks, or read one of the receivers, you're getting flagged. So, considering what they're doing in this modern era of football, it's truly impressive. It really is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't touch a receiver. You can't practice. I mean, no, it's just. Yeah. What do you think the biggest problem is for for defense for defenses? You can't uh, you can't practice, or you can't the finding the right targeting area. What do you think those is the most difficult. I think the practicing is probably one of the most uh, probably the toughest because I, I I believe you know sometimes repetition helps. Um, I think the lack of time on the field as actually I mean now granted I'm, I I support the rule because I think it's better for the safety of the game for players moving forward. Um, but I, that does hurt a lot. That does hurt you know both ways. That's why you see a lot of teams come on the game slow. I mean, both these teams in football this year started off 500 through the first couple weeks of the year. Remember, the Pats were 2-2 two and two after week four. The Seahawks were 3-3 three and three after week six. You know, so a lot of that was true to, to the chemistry, contributed to uh, teams not figuring out. I mean, New England, for example, you know, a lot of them had to do with the offensive line not being in the state yet. Um, and lack of playing time. I remember they lost Logan Mankins right before the season started, too, on top of that way to uh, Tampa Bay. Um, so you're seeing more teams struggle out the game. That's why it's hard to judge teams in the first three, four weeks of the year because they may not be the same team by week 13, week 14, and you're seeing that play out this year both these teams this year. Yeah, it's uh, maybe that's why I'm disappointed by this year's, uh, this year's Super Bowl is because these two teams, when the uh, roof was caving in, it didn't end up caving in on either one of them. Because, I mean, it's it's funny. Like, early in – it's funny how the Percy Harvin trade he propelled this uh, Seahawks yeah. team. Because at that point, when they made that trade, it's like, oh, they have no control. Uh, yeah. Things are coming apart for the Seahawks. And then Percy Harvin leaves. They take off. And then with the Patriots – actually, you can talk about the turning point being when LeGarrette Blunt got kicked uh, – when you got released by the Steelers and came back, I feel like that was kind of a turning point for them. They finally got, you know, a guy with a little mojo on the backfield. You know, that was kind of mm-hmm. like that was their turn too, putting uh, Blunt back. Right, and, and both these teams, you know, to be honest, with you, and I said this last year when, when Seattle won the Super Bowl. One reason why I believe Seattle was going to be in the mix for a long time of coming because I felt like what they were putting together wasn't this one some one trick pony, but some 
team that got hot and they're going to win and then they're going to fade away like certain teams it's memory. I thought like this team, these two teams mirror each other. That Seattle is the new New England, in other words. They're going to be, even if they don't win it every year, they're going to be in the mix. I mean, New England's in the mix every season. I mean, people are so shocked at the fact they've won, you know, they've, they've gone to six Super Bowls in, in 14 years. I think it's more telling how they haven't, they've not won less than nine games um, um, six, seven, one. Um, and was it 12 AFC East titles? And they've been, they've been an AFC championship game, what, like seven times? I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. I mean, to me, that, that's the that, that's, best. That, it's not just winning titles, but being in the mix. Also, still being relevant. Because in this NFL today, too, with free agency and hard salary cap all not, it's hard to do that. Look, look at the Giants. They won one Super Bowl right? Yeah. But around that, missed the playoffs four times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, what the Wizards have done is truly really amazing. Well, I mean, you can look around. Like, well, I will say this for the Patriots: they do, other than themselves, they do have the benefit of being the best-run team in a, ter- a division of terribly-run organizations. Uh, they do have that benefit. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not saying that, that's not why they're you know as good as they are. But it's easy to rack up wins year in, year out when you're playing a crappy Dolphins organization that's on, you know, a new coach every second year. Same thing with the Bills and the Jets. All they do is talk. Um, I just, you know, look at the records of the teams in that division since they either real, yeah, since they realigned divisions in 2004. It, the Patriots have like 123 wins or something like that. Next closest to like 87. Man, that's, that's yeah, and, and, that, and, that, and that is true. But here's, here's the thing about that, you know, and you're right. You, you absolutely correct. You said there. But here's the thing, though. That's not their problem. They they got to do them. They're just doing them, and they're doing it on the big level. So at some point, it, it, it can't be just about, oh yeah, the division playing. Okay, yeah, that, that may be the case, but. You know they're still doing them. That's not the Bills and the Jets and the Saints being bad and being consistent the last decade. It's not a past problem. That's not, that's that's their problem. You know the past is doing their job. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I'm just um, I mean the Colts have the same benefit. The Colts have been in a yeah, god awful division the last yeah. ten years as well. I'm, but I mean just just as a fact, that's what it is. The I'm not saying the Patriots are. You know, that's the only reason why they're winning nine games a year. Right. You know, why they're so good. It, but, I mean, you got to factor that in. I mean, in the NFC East, I mean, it's, you know, everybody. It, it's somebody different every year, and that might be towards people. Or, and Bob. And Bob. Is, is better, and, and, and now, if we use that narrative then with New England, then we should, we should be even more impressive with the Seahawks than what they've done the last three years because – you can argue that the NFC West has been by far the best division in football for three years, and they're still not just winning the division, but going to Super Bowls too and winning Super Bowls. So, you know, if the if the if we use that narrative, then Seattle's probably more impressive than, than probably doing one in this in a small sample. Yeah, I'll, I well, and it's like the teams that win the AFC North, or you know, I, I'm yeah with the Seahawks, I, I definitely do my cap to them. As far as right. the gauntlet, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like the SEC from a couple of years ago in football. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. 
And look, looking at the matchup of Gronkowski versus the Seahawks secondary, what would you do as far as if you're the Seahawks with that matchup? And do you, do you see it kind of similar to when Gronkowski against the Jets when they used to go at it with Revis as a uh, best D-back, would you match those two Sherman up with uh, Gronkowski, kind of leave it up to uh, the safeties? What would you do? Um, I think, personally, the, the, the biggest matchup, well, it is a huge matchup, obviously, but I think what I would, if I'm Seattle, is I'm bumping Gronk on the line and at least, at least, at least try to disrupt him from the onset. You know, if he means a linebacker comes there and, and bumps him a little bit, you know, but I will say Seattle's even so stacked. I mean, they have so much great playmakers that they should be they should be okay for the most part. But if you can disrupt Gronk even for a second or two, it will buy Seattle time. It'll buy Seattle's precious time to get the quarterback. Because you know, one thing that the Pats are end up doing in this game is they're gonna. You saw in the Baltimore game too, because um, Baltimore's a great front four as well. Um, that they they do opt a lot for short routes and short passes. Now. Baltimore secondary is nowhere in the ballpark of Seattle, and I think Seattle is prepared for that. So if you can bump Gronk off the line, and not so much as hit him, and that's the point to see, you hit him to the point where, like, he falls, but if you at least disrupt him, even for a second or two, you know, that, that, that that's all you would need, really, to disrupt that offense. Because then if Seattle's pass rush is getting to Brady or close to Brady, Brady has a little option. And that could be that, that could be the game right there, right there, on that matchup. Um, with the Super Bowl comes, you know, going to Super Bowl parties, whatnot. I'm actually going to go watch the Super Bowl with Aaron Hernandez. What are you doing for the Super Bowl this year? Aaron Hernandez? Yeah, me and Aaron Hernandez, we're going to watch the Super Bowl together. I'll watch the OJ. With OJ? OJ. <laughs> Are you guys gonna wear gloves? Um, if, if it fits. <laughs> uh, well, what, what's your uh, what's your go-to for the Super Bowl? What are, what are you doing this year? Are you making anything special? Just uh, kind of um, taking it easy. What's your? I haven't decided yet. Um, I was funny. I was telling my wife about that earlier. Um, and um, I, you know, I got a couple of invites to parties to go to and stuff, but. I kind of want to stay home again this year. I, I kind of like the – my wife and I started as a little, little tradition, sort of. Like, we stay home and and um, we stay home and just buy our own snacks and whatever. And uh, we just, uh, you know, do our own thing, buy, buy our wings, buy pizza, whatever. And we, and we just do our own thing at home. I think we'll do that again this year. It's, it's a lot easier. Uh, the way I am – I'm going to a party, but I actually wouldn't mind just staying home, eating till I can't eat anymore, and passing out on the couch, waking up in the second half, watching. Because you can't really. I don't know. With my friends, if I sleep, something's gonna get drawn on my face or something like that. I, I don't really want to deal with that if uh, I drink too much or anything. But I'm gonna have to deal with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I, the kind of people I'm, I, I'm a I'm a homebody, I'm a homebody. Um, I, I hate going out. I really hate going out. I really do. I really really do. Um, so I don't know. I I, I think I'm I, the the odds of me staying home is really, really like really strong. 
Uh, you know me too well. You you know how much I hate people, so you know. Yeah, sure do. <laughs> uh, as far as you know, with this game, do you think this winds up being the highest rated Super Bowl, or do you think it's going to be kind of a by you know, default? By default, this. By default. It, it, it is because it, it's always highest rated because of the fact that more people are born. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean. Obviously, you have more more people watching it because of more eyes, more technology, and more people with access. So, yeah, by default, it'll be that way. Um, so, yeah, it'll break its record. It'll break its own record every year. It'll break its record every year. Do you think there's a TV show that would like that would ever have a shot? Like, do you think the Super Bowl is just going to be the like year after year after year? It's going to be number one. Um, just by because nobody watches live TV anymore. Hmm. Like, that's, like, a yeah, if, that's a great. That's a great point. That's a great point. Like, mm-hmm. Matt or Seinfeld was ending today. Yeah. It would not get the rate that it got back in those days because you know there's not Netflix. There's not well. There's not porn. You know. <laughs> You, Bob, you had to go there, didn't you? You had to, yeah, you had to, you went three minutes without mentioning that word, and you went there. Um, and <laughs> the thing is, you know, you know, the problem is, Bob, there's so much to do. There's so much things out there YouTube, Netflix, Hulu. There's so much that it, it dilutes the the TV experience. Like, I, you know, I, I mean, me personally, I mean, at DVR, is kind of changed that too. Like, DVR has created an, an environment now where people prefer to wait until later to watch the show because you at least fast forward to the commercial. You know, so, I mean, I'm one of those guys. You know, I, I DVR a bunch of shows, but I don't watch them live because I figure, you know, I'll watch them later when I want to watch them and then I'll always fast forward to the commercials, you know. So there's a lot more there's a lot more things out there to do um, for people to be distracted. This is why this is why you see ratings lower and lower every year. Um, uh, and this is why there's a lot more of a, a conscious effort on looking at downloads and streaming and stuff like that. That's more the strength now of of the industry. You know, I saw something interesting the other day, a, a piece about um, how li- like streaming movies and binge watching is actually making people dumber because it's like it doesn't force you to expand your mind. Like you know, they say say whatever you will about you know some TV show on FX from like. The Shield or something like that, or The Sopranos back in the day. Like, nowadays, we can watch shows net bam, 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 bam. But how much do you really think about what's going to happen in the next episode in those three seconds you're waiting between streams uh, right. on Netflix or HBO Go? Back, you know, five, five, six years ago, we'd sit there for a week and I, I would think about what was going to happen in the next episode for a week. And mm-hmm. you just guessing. Uh, and that was, you know, the point of the article, that it doesn't make you think anymore. And people are not, not only because they're watching so much TV, but how fast they're watching TV. They don't think about what they're watching. And uh, ultimately, well, uh, not only that. And, and I'm guilty of this. My wife and I go through this also. We, uh, we binge watch a lot, a lot of shows, so we don't have a chance. Yeah. Like, there's some shows we watch week to week that, you know, but for the most part, a lot of shows we watch are binge-watching, like a little cram three, four episodes. Even, even shows that are currently on TV right now, we'll fall behind a couple of weeks, and then we'll just binge-watch a, a section of, of, of episodes 
uh, you know, on one day. So you, you don't have time to process what happened on the episode because you go, on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one, on to Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, um, it's the mindset's different now. Like, the only there, there's some shows that her and I watch that, you know, like Game of Thrones or when, De- when Dex was on, obviously, we watched every week, literally, and uh, we would, uh, you know, have a chance to think about it because, you know, we want we wanted to see it live. We wanted to see it, you know, as it was, so we have a chance to think about it. But for the most part, most of our shows you watch are like are binge watched or binge watching sections. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a world we live in nowadays. I mean, I, I like I binge watched uh, the first three seasons of Hell on Wheels. Season four just came out last fall, mm-hmm. and we, we like I stopped watch like I would watch it week to week to week. But then, like, halfway through the season, I was like, okay, I'm just going to let four of them load up on the DVR over the next four weeks and then watch it all. Um, right. Because it would be, I just couldn't wait. And, you know, if, if this was five, six years ago, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch it, you know, week in, week, in, week out. Yeah. And I, so, unfortunately, the people I've talked about who are getting dumber, I'm getting dumber as well, but not. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, My way, I, I, I just got a little before you before you go any further. I, I just got a little uh, uh, not text, but I got a little like a little, little like update from a uh, pro basketball talk that apparently uh, Tom Thibodeau and the Bulls relationship is beyond repair. Basically, another Jim Harbaugh part two. Yeah, that's that, that's a great comparison. Like the our. What is it with Bulls management? I mean, Del Negro, you know, he was having, he was doing all right, and they got rid of him. Thibodeau takes him to a whole other level. They want to get rid of him. I, mean, I think Paxson's just a jackass. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but I think Thibodeau is kind of sort of like Harbaugh, where he has a shelf life with players. Like, he's a guy that, He's very tough on his players, and he's tough to get along with. And there's a shelf life there, and you know, and they've been winning. Obviously, they won without Derrick Rose a couple of years, even without him in the lineup. They've actually found a way to be, be still be relevant. But I think there's a a breaking point with Harbaugh and his players and management. And I think Thibodeau is the same situation with Thibodeau in Chicago. Um, I, I think there's a breaking point now, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, the thing is, too, also, Bob, we've heard rumors about this in the last couple of years. I mean, whispers, but not, there was nothing really that goes out there, you know, in the mainstream. But now you're starting to hear major uh, media outlets reporting this stuff now. And we've been hearing this for the last few weeks now. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Tibble was gone in the year. They, they part ways. Well, you remember when I predicted back, well, after Rose's first knee injury, I predicted in the first year after that, that things would start going sour that year, and it didn't happen. But I could see things. You know, he's like Van. He comes from the Van Gundy, you know, coaching tree, or or Pat Riley coaching tree as well, where it's like you wear guys down to a nub. It's tough day and age to do that to players. Uh, I mean, it's one thing if you have Oakley, Mason, Ewing, who are willing to have three hours practice, the crap out of each other. It's another thing. Like, yeah. Superstar. I, I don't like. Really, it's tough to 
tell guys who have, you know, $50 million contracts waiting for them to, you know, practice for three hours, to play 40 yeah. minutes, be tired of shit. It's, it's a tough day and age to sell that type of thing. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the air we're playing now, too. It's all that. I mean, a lot of factors involved in that. Um, and, I mean, it's a shame because Tibble's a great coach. I think he's a top five coach in the league. He's done a great job. You know, especially with all the, the hands are dealt with the last couple of years too, with Rosie now, Noah, you know, those guys being you know, in that lineup and stuff. And they and to keep the Bulls relevant. I know it's weak East, obviously, but keep that team relevant as as much as he's had in the last couple of years has been truly amazing. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I said, it's a shelf life. And I'm not saying it's his fault. You know, he is who he is. He he should have to change who he is. To, uh, I mean, I mean, you can maybe you can alter some things, but I mean, he shouldn't have to change who he is. But Sometimes in situations it it it, it, it burns out and it, it, it is, even management gets tired of it too. Um, I'm not saying it's fall at all either because I, I think the Bulls are aren't necessarily the best one franchise in the NBA either. They've more than proven that for the last like ten years, post Jordan. So they just got they just got lucky and got you know blessed some good talent and some you know good good coaches keeping relevant. But I I don't think they're really a pretty I I don't I don't think they're a greatly run team. To be honest, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I get like it's just odd to me. I, I don't know some organizations. Yeah, you know, I mean this, this is this, but this has been the mo for, with Reinsdorf for his entire time owning the Bulls. I mean the front office never got along with Phil Jackson. Like Kraus and Phil Jackson, the players and Kraus were basically playing against each other that last three peat. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, Doug Collins was a you know basically a whipping boy at one point. Uh, then, yeah. I mean, Tim Floyd, who cares? He was crap anyway. But then you look at Del Negro, never had a you know a comfortable relationship. I mean, this is the way it's always been under Reinsdorf, and I it's weird because you know he seems like a good you know a good owner. It's it's just an odd situation that the Bulls would mismanage. Yeah. And- and if they don't fix it soon, I mean, I mean, I I, I don't know who's out there as a head coach that can replace Thibodeau, um, that can have the, the same effect that he's had on the team. Um, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure maybe there's, there's still an opportunity here to fix it to to at least mend defenses here. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, we still got a half of the year to go. We still have the playoffs to go. They, they'll, they'll be a playoff team, obviously. And I got to win the East personally. So I mean, although I got to tell you, Atlanta, man, they they. I'm a believer. I'm a believer in the, in the Hawks. <laughs> I mean, the, the, that is a real team in Atlanta right there. That is a real basketball team. Um, I call them Spurs East because they're doing the same thing the Spurs did last year. Um, and go figure that their, their head coach they have now is a former is a national popular disciple. So um, I think the East yeah. is a lot more intriguing than people get credit for. Yeah, I like I like the Hawks. I'm, you know, I'm not. I haven't. They're good. I, I just. You know, I, I feel like that they need to make one move. Just, I, I feel like they need to make one move. I feel like they're good, but I, I'm really concerned about Horford. I feel like they need one. You know, maybe not another big, but another guy that, in case Horford goes down, that they're not left. You know, left with. You know, just kind of a yeah. Week. I, I think. I mean. I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I, you know, I'm 100% fluent with that roster, and like, you know, I, I, I do watch other games, but I don't, you know, I, I do think that if if there's a movie made, it's not a major move. I mean, 
what they're doing, they're doing team basketball. They're doing the Detroit Pistons thing, the Spurs thing, you know, where they, they, they win by, by, by chemistry and they win by spacing and passing the ball. And I think the move they need is, is, is very small and minuscule, to be honest. It's something that can be a move that's not a superstar, just a, a guy who can fit in and help out when necessary or, or, or take minutes from Horford, as you said. Um, and, uh, you know, but I, I think if people, you know, people are saying, oh, what's the Hawks, they'll fade out. You have to watch their games. I mean, they they are a real team. I mean, look, look, look at the wins they pile up this year too. Look who they beat. You know, they beat some of the best teams in the league on the road. You know, in the West. You know, that is a real basketball team. I, I think, I think, uh, they're they they are a team that they they can win the East. I mean, that's not get twisted. They can win the East, and it would not shock me. I think they're good. It's. Um... I like them. I just feel like, you know, they're, people are going a little overboard right now with their love for them. I think that they still, it's not like they don't have enough to prove, but, I mean, there's been teams like this. There's teams like this every year that, you know, not every year, but there's a lot. There's teams over the years that have really runs like this. We We fall in love with them. And then play them out in the playoffs. Their benefit, though, is they play East, so they do re- legitimately have a shot to win the East. If they're in the well, West, it, I would it, say, hell no. Here's what they'll be facing: um, LeBron, Cavs. Will LeBron be LeBron in April? I mean, it, I mean, that's going to be tough. Obviously, be a tough out there. Um, Chicago is, is, is a team. I think. I think with any team in, in that East Conference, who could probably be Atlanta and wouldn't want to face and Atlanta wouldn't want to face is Chicago. So I think the Bulls have probably the most talented roster in basketball. Um, but Atlanta, I think Atlanta can, can, can take Cleveland in the same game series. I mean, the thing is, though, you're bending against LeBron James, but, uh, you know, it, remember, Atlanta is, doing the same, is using the same philosophy that San Antonio used against Miami last year in the finals. And you can't tell me Cleveland's roster has been in Miami's roster last year. I'm sorry. You're not going to put me on that. Um, all right. Well, two more things before I let you go. First, okay. I want to tell everybody – what your prediction is for the Super Bowl? Who wins? Score an MVP? Um, I'm gonna say okay. Now I picked Seattle to win the whole thing before the year you started. Before the year you started, um, my I'll be honest though. If you ask me right now who is going to win, I'm sort of leaning New England though. Sort of. I'm rooting for Seattle to win the game. I'll stick to my pick. Mm-hmm. I'll stick, I'll stick to my preseason pick because it was my pick. I'll stick to Seattle. But it's not as strong as I thought it would be, you know, months ago. Um, MVP, I think Russell Wilson will MVP. I think, I think uh, to be honest with you, <clears throat> this, this is a game Russell Wilson has to win because I think they'll stack the box up seven, eight deep, and I think Russell Wilson will have to win with his arm. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that Russell Wilson is now black enough to handle this locker room? <laughs> <laughs> He's great. I love that. He's my favorite. He's my favorite player in the league. Actually, I love that guy. He's a great dude. I know. You know. I know he's been a robot at times or whatever, but he's a great kid, man. He. I mean, he's been he's been this way from college, so I'm I'm happy for everything he's been, he's been accomplishing. He he could potentially be a sixth Jackson brother that we don't know about. That is um, correct. Yes, he can be a sixth <laughs> Jackson. Oh, or you know, him and Bruno Mars could get together and make a music video. Um, uh, yep, yep, yep. Short, 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 short. 
Uh, last thing before I let you go, do you want to tell everybody where we can find you on Twitter, the internets, all that good, internet. good stuff? Right. Edifish number seven on Twitter, of course. Uh, the radio show is back tomorrow. Um, I want to thank uh, the Happy Hour Network as well as NGSESports.com for facilitating that. So we're back, uh, back to the live radio again, 4 to 6, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, me, G. Steelio, the whole nine. Um, we're actually going to have uh, Leonard Marshall tomorrow, um, two-time uh, Super Bowl champion for the Giants. Uh, on, I want my all-time favorite Giants um, on the show tomorrow. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, great show tomorrow. So 4 to 6, Eastern Standard Time, Happy Hour Network. Um, definitely a good time tomorrow. I'm looking forward to uh our first live show in two months. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Always a good time and going a little bit more. Definitely. Do this again soon, I promise. All righty. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, Bob. Take care, brother. See you later. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.